Steve Lanham. May contain spoilers. On tonight's May Contain Spoilers, we line up pint three of the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy as we review Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright's The World's End. We also flash our claws at Hugh Jackman's return in The Wolverine, and Drew will be bringing us all the news from Comic-Con. Send us your reviews by tweeting at filmspoilers or email maycontainspoilers at hot1028.com. Have you got any plans for dinner at all? Tonight, we will be partaking of a liquid repast as we wend our way up the Golden Mile, commencing with an inaugural tankard in the first post, then onto the old familiar, the famous cock, the cross hands, the good companions, the trusty servant, the two-headed dog, the mermaid, the beehive, the king's head, and the hole in the wall for a measure of the same, all before the last bittersweet pint in that most fateful terminus, the world's end. Leave a light on, good lady, for though we may return with a twinkle in our eyes, we will in truth be blind. Drunk. Just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. Away, well, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party. Hello and welcome to May Contain Spoilers, your weekly film review show. We're at episode number 99, which means we're one away from the epic number of number 100. That will be coming up next week. It's a strange decision to start the show by telling you what you're getting next week, but I felt like I'm so close to us being at the uh, at the momentous stage that I couldn't hold it back any further. But we've been away a week, so it's you know it's it's a way to announce us re-announce us back. yes by saying come back next week for more <laughs> uh in case you hadn't remembered or you don't know i'm steve lanham i am drew bridger and i'm jp stockwell and coming up over the next 50 minutes or so we're going to be talking all about films we've got reviews of the world's end and the wolverine drew will be taking us through all of the goings-on at comic-con including news of batman versus superman uh, we'll give you a little lead into the 100th episode which is next week's show and we'll also have Sofa Cinema and uh, some new releases and everything else that you'd expect from a normal May Contain Spoilers. If you've seen a film, we want to know what you thought of it, especially if you've seen The World's End or The Wolverine, which we'll be reviewing. You can tell us by emailing maycontainspoilers at hot1028.com or you can tweet at Film Spoilers. We're here, we're live, so if you tweet us, we'll read it out very soon, as soon as we get it, in fact. Yes. But if you're listening to the podcast... There is a screen right here. You've got it in front of you. I have it here. It's I perfect. can literally see when we get tweeted. It's Isn't technology world. wonderful? Uh, even if you're listening to the podcast, we will still receive it and we'll give it a mention on next week's show. We might even give you a retweet. Who knows? I don't want to sign myself into any sort of contract that I might want to back out of because it could be offensive. Who knows? Well, I, I mean, yeah, we're not going to retweet anything you know, too rude, but I mean, mm. if it's a valid opinion... That yeah. contains some profanities. We don't We're not vote. say no to that. Have a decision whether we think it's too rude and then retweet it anyway, probably. Yeah. We'll have a discussion about it. We'll have a meeting. Anyway, enough of that rubbish. Okay. Let's get down to our first review of the week, which is the return of Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright and also Nick Frost in the third part of what's been termed as the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy or the Cornetto trilogy. Although I have a slight problem now with calling it the Cornetto trilogy. Because it's branding. I feel like they slightly sold out. I liked it yeah. more when it was a, a knowing nod from them rather than having it rammed down my throat cone first by uh, Cornetto. <laughs> I prefer to go from the top down. Yes, so, I'm yeah. glad to hear that, Drew. It's right. 
it's nice to know these things. Yeah. Uh, so The World's End is uh, directed by Garai, and the story is five friends who reunite in attempt to top their epic pub crawl from 20 years earlier and wittingly become humankind's only hope for survival. We had ourselves a little idea. As you know. Yeah, we're going to go back to Newton Haven. Why? For some unfinished business. That's a joke, right? Five guys, 12 pubs, 50 pints. 60 pints. Oh, <laughs> steady on, Nalky. I haven't had a drink for 16 years, Gary. You must be thirsty, then. <sighs> but we can go back, see the guys, chew the fat, and it'll be just like it always was, except this time we're going to finish this thing once and for all. You have a very selective memory, Gary. Thanks. You remember the Friday nights. I remember the Monday mornings. Yeah, that's why we're going back on a Friday. <sighs> why do you think none of us live in Newton Haven anymore? I don't know. Because it is a black hole. It's boring. It always was and it always will be. It's only boring because we're not there. It's pointless arguing with you. Exactly. So come. So, The World's End, directed by Edgar Wright, starring Simon Pegg, Martin Freeman, Pierce Brosnan, Nick Frost, Eddie Marsan, Paddy Considine, and lots of other people that you will know from all of the rest Pretty of the Pretty much everyone in England. Yes, lots of uh, <laughs> very famous British comedy actors. Especially from the Edgar Wright stable. Yes. yes. It's, it's a stable now. He's, uh, he's, he's moved up to a stable, I'm impressed. He's going to Ascot next year. <laughs> yes, he's going to race Nick Frost and uh, Eddie Marsan are both running in next year's derby. Uh, so Paddy Considine with a tiny little jockey on him. Yes, and we should also say that Roseman Pike is in the film as well. Uh, so, obviously, the return of Simon King. Uh, Simon King? Simon <laughs> Pegg as Gary King uh, is the main character. And also Nick Frost and Edgar Wright is kind of the main selling point of this, being the, the third part in the trilogy. I'm going to kick us off by saying that I am a humongous fan of uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Absolutely. I was As am I. Very spaced as well. You and yeah. spaced, yeah. Uh, I was extremely this, looking is, forward to this. Did he also do um, an, another sort of small independent one called Fistful of, was it Fistful of Dynamite? Or? Uh, yeah, thought, but that doesn't count. We're just listing things. That yeah. I thought you were just going to segue there into Scott Pilgrim. No, because that doesn't count. No. It doesn't include no, 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 Simon no, 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 no. and Nick Frost, I do like so. Scott Pilgrim. It is one of my favourite films, but that's separate. Mm. Paul! So, yeah, and Paul as well, of course, <laughs> had Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, but not Edgar Wright. So this yeah. is the first time that all three of them have reunited since Hot Fuzz, and it's as part of this conclusion to this trilogy. And uh, I was a massive fan of the, the previous previous two films I was very excited about this slightly anxious about it too because mm. I hold the, the other films in such high regard so I'm going to say straight away that I thought The World's End was very very funny I really enjoyed it but if I was going to rank them I'd probably put it third out of the uh, the three so probably my least favourite of the three but I still thought it was a very good film I think I'm definitely inclined to agree but the thing about it is that because everyone holds Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz in such high regards. It was always going to be hard to measure up to this. And I think this one, uh, I think The World's End is very different tonally to the other two. And this one kind of swung, I found, it swung very violently from kind of really silly action moments to really deeply emotional ones. And I w kind of wasn't quite sure what to, what to sort of make of it. It was really in sort of one place or another place. And there was a lot less, I thought, dialogue-based humour than the other two. A lot of the humour in this kind of came from sort of a physical aspect rather than the dialogue-heavy as and in-jokes and everything like that from the other two. The in-jokes thing is interesting because when I think of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, they're kind of satires and pastiches of certain types of films. So exactly. Shaun of the Dead is a take on... Uh, 
zombie films, but as if they were set in kind of uh, rural England. Uh, rural England. Yeah. And Hot Fuzz is big uh, blockbuster buddy cop films as if it's set in Somerset. Yeah. So you get all the cliches and the jokes come and from that. And this one has no sort of genre, well, really, I was, except I was, was going to mention that, actually, I think. I think because one of the things that I think you get with Edgar Wright's movies... Um, involving Simon Pegg and Nick Frost is that they start off being kind of a parody or a, t- a, a kind of twist on the genre they're, they're doing, whether it's zombies or cop films or you know sci-fi and aliens and stuff in this movie. But kind of by the end, it just about um, cements itself kind of within that genre just as much as it being a parody of it. That's kind of what I feel as well. I well, think most, pe- most people, I think now... Would would feel that Shaun of the Dead is just of they they would they would happily include it in a zombie movie genre. Yeah. Yes, I, and, I'd agree. And with that. and with uh, Hot Fuzz as well. I, I think this does to a certain extent as well. So certainly by the, the the very end, it it moves into trying to actually kind of cement it into the actual genre as well of it as as it just being a take on the genre as well. Yeah, I guess it, it's not. Um, poking fun at that style of film it's just using the tropes of those types of films within itself and I thought that The World's End uh, is essentially setting itself up as a sci-fi but really there's not that much sci-fi in it and it doesn't reflect on that as much as Shaun of the Dead does on zombie films and Hot Fuzz does yeah it's kind of uh, all right at the end and and that that was the thing I kind of felt myself feeling a little bit lost part way through this sort of thinking am I really just sort of watching five guys catch up over some pints and one of them kind of hasn't really grown up because that's the kind of thing about this film in in the other two short um i call him sean <laughs> simon Pegg um tends to play the kind of hero character like the main protagonist and in this one he uh, he kind of plays a bit of a douche yeah he's really unlikable in it yeah and you're not and it's really different like from the other two like i, I was kind of thinking isn't this guy meant to kind of be a fearless leader type of character like in the other ones? But I, I think the mentality behind it is that because this is the last one in this trilogy that they get to do, they want to kind of flip everything around and kind of do it on its head a little bit. So everything that you knew about the last two kind of changes for the third one. Maybe, although I'd argue that Sean in Sean of the Dead is a little bit of a loser in that he starts off as someone who's happy in his dead-end job. Nicholas Angel in Hot Fuzz is kind of very buttoned down and by the rules and quite unlikable. And uh, they're both won over as the film goes on and become more like the people that they're around. Yeah. Mainly Nick Frost's characters. Yeah. In this, I think Gary King is unlikable throughout the whole film and is one over less, and it's also more annoying to start with. Yeah, but it's but kind you, of but that's by what the do. end. But, but by the end of the film, you end up liking him because, as the film goes on, you understand more about him, and you get to know him through those characters. Yeah. And it's what they. I mean, this is what happens when you have trilogies. It kind of ramps it up in every one, so he gets more unlikable in each film, and then by the third one, he's the most unlikable he can be. So yeah, but when they're just all together, the group of friends played by. Uh, Nick Simon Frost. Pegg, Nick Frost, uh, Eddie Marsan, Paddy Considine, and Martin Rosamund Freeman, Pike. And Rosamund Pike is kind yeah. of the love interest. When it's them, I mean, that's where a lot of the comedy comes from, is just spending time with those characters and those actors. Mm. And that's part of the, the fun for me, is that I think they're, I like them all, and I find them all funny mm. in, in all of their roles, basically, in which they're, they're, they're sort of playing comic uh, 
comic characters so I, I could just watch them all together and take something away from it I don't really need the sci-fi thing and in a no. way I like it when it is sci-fi but I'd rather it kind of committed it to it earlier or didn't at all and part of the problem yeah, with that I, is I would have liked to have seen a lot more of that yeah and part of the problem is in Shaun of the Dead it felt like there was a threat you, yes. you felt like they could be killed people were killed throughout the film and uh, you knew the rules you mm. knew that if a zombie caught you they'd bite you you'd get the disease you'd die you come back as a zombie in Hot Fuzz you the get threat the, was there. The, the threat from the because there's the whole conspiracy of the cult the again, detective yeah. element of it yeah and you get yeah. to see people being killed again in uh, The World's End you have these alien invaders slash robots and they don't really ever seem to be much of a threat to anyone you it's see it's just them, kind of getting in the way of their pub crawl yeah and they they um, they will attack it's you it's almost like they're not really the focus no the focus is this pub crawl which is one of the things that maybe brings it down in terms of the plot elements of the other ones because the other one was like a survival hmm. movie that the, um, Hot Fuzz was a kind of detective type thing of trying to figure out who's the murderer this is just they're doing a pub crawl yeah, and I don't um, really understand his his motivations at times uh, Simon Pegg's character because he seems so desperate to do it but doesn't really seem to be a real reason why I know it's because he never got to finish it the first time but even so I still don't really think that's enough for him to risk his life although it doesn't really ever feel like his life is particularly at risk I'd mm. like it if it was more like War of the Worlds where if one of them got hold of you they killed you and you saw that happen in this you see uh, the robots run alongside people and ignore them you see them see uh, see the various characters and do nothing they kind of hit them and it doesn't really cause any damage yeah. there's no real threat and that's maybe the slight problem with it but at the same time it's still funny so. and I thought a lot of the the fighting and the action was very kind of I felt like it was very Scott Pilgrim influenced well I mean it's, it's, it's Edgar Wright so well, it's his, his style but. yeah I mean well I mean it's not just that the action is there I mean the way the action was sort of filmed and everything everything was I mean this is a good thing I'm not like saying it's, it's bad I really liked it because I thought that there were funny elements in the fighting and all of the action bits that happened because of how it was choreographed and all of the stuff that was happening and you know uh, Gary King is trying to hang on to his pint while he's like whacking at people and he's kind of not managing it but not quite And he's, he's definitely learned that um, that comic book stylization of it mm. obviously coming off of um, Scott Pilgrim yeah. but I just wanted to go back quickly to the um, the Simon Pegg, the possible annoyance of that character. And I, I kind of felt that as well. Well, I was having a bit of a conflict of whether I was finding him annoying or whether I was just finding it maybe like a bit overbearing it, and it was kind of becoming a bit of the Simon Pegg show. Because, I mean, now I guess he's, he's, he's probably maybe one of the most successful of this group who's done, you know, big Hollywood movies. And there was a point where I was thinking, like, oh, is he coming back? And it's like, oh, I'm the big movie star now, and, I, and I'm going to be the big, wacky, crazy guy, and it's going to be my show sort of thing. I was thinking that, but parts of it, but it, it didn't really go that far, I don't think. No, and mm. I, I had that same slight uh, problem as well, although it very quickly won me over. over. I, th I thought... I also was sort of like, well, I don't know if Simon Pegg, if I like him as much as I used to when I first saw the other two films. Uh, but then as soon as the film started, I just think he's a great comic actor. And yes. part of the problem with this, actually, in the early parts of the film, is that I don't buy 
or particularly enjoy seeing Nick Frost playing serious characters. I don't think he can do it as well as he can do comedy. No, and even in the I clip- love him playing um, his character in Shaun of the Dead so mm. much. And even in the clip that, that we played earlier, you could hear he just sounds like he's acting more than when he's doing comedy roles. And maybe that's just because I'm used to him being a, a comedian that I, I find it difficult to then separate it and watch him being serious. But it just didn't feel right so that that's uh, that was my sort of slight problem with the world's end but let, let's give the world's end scores out of five uh, we've had a bit of a dig of it but we've also uh, <laughs> said we've enjoyed it as well so it'd be interesting to yeah. see where we go with our star ratings Drew you can go first well it's interesting you say that because uh, I've, I've been saying the same things to friends I talk about it with and I say oh, I don't think it lived up to Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and then we end up talking about the bits that we really liked about it and then half an hour later we're still talking about the bits that we really liked from it so in that sense it's actually done its job pretty well um, but I'm going to give it three and a half stars I'd be tempted to give it a four but I think if I were to give it a four it would be after I see it again um, and I kind of get a chance to go back over the the jokes that are in it and some of the humour, so I can con- I, so I know what I'm going in for, and I can concentrate on it a bit better. But at the moment, it's it's three and a half. It's not that it's bad. It's just that it met my expectations, but it didn't exceed them like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz did. So a provisional three point five stars yeah. from Drew out of five. JP, I'm going to go with uh, the same actually, 3.5. I think just in terms of kind of the openings as well. I mean, when you think of the openings of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, they have this kind of quite iconic like boom, like right, you're you're in the film now. But this has a slightly um, l- lesser feel to the opening. It's just kind of got yeah, this cheesy voice, voiceover and just yeah. kind of like here's the setup kind of thing, and. So I think it doesn't have that immediate impact that the others did, but I think it will just kind of grow on you more and more as you watch it, I think. So three and a half from me as well. So three and a half stars for The World's End from JP and Drew. I'm going to go slightly higher and give it four stars, and for the same reasons that you said, really. I found it a slight disappointment, perhaps, because I hold the other films in such high regard, but I still found it really funny, and there was plenty to enjoy. It was great to look at, and I know that in two or three years' time when it's on... Uh, late night TV I will still be able to just sit down and watch it endlessly because th- these films have always got a, a level of enjoyment that I can take away from I'm hoping there will be you know the uh, the the mandatory kind of um, trivia track you know on the Blu-rays yes. that all, yeah all the, that, that would that be have good all the, all the film references and stuff and there is a lot I of like references that. to the previous films in the trilogy as well yeah. so I don't know if I actually said what star rating I gave it so four, four stars four. for yeah. me yeah. and uh, 3.5 from JP and Drew if you've seen The World's End then tell us what you thought of it maybe you liked it more maybe you liked it less maybe it was a huge disappointment maybe it was a favourite film of the year from you either way let us know Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at Film Spoilers or email us on spoilers at hot1028.com. He's back from his week's holiday and he has a sack full of sofa cinemas for Ooh, us. Oh, hang on. Oh, I you seem surprised by <laughs> no, throwing that at you. No, it was, the, it was a sack full of stuff. Okay, you make, right. it, make it sound so much more... Uh, Festive. Yeah, exactly. Like lead us away from this corridor of innuendo. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Drew, uh, Sofa Cinemas, films that we can see on Terrestrial and yep. Freeview TV over the next six days or so. What have you dug out of your bag for us this <laughs> week? <laughs> okay, well, I know that we don't generally go for themes for Sofa Cinema, and yet inadvertently we somehow still manage to achieve themes with our Sofa Cinemas each week. So... 
Let's see if you can guess what my theme for Sofa Cinema is this week. It's your theme for life, Drew, I think. It's my theme for my life. Yes. (laughs) You don't need an excuse. No. (laughs) Worst theme ever. Um, Saturday 3rd, Channel 4, 10pm, is uh, Kick-Ass. And um, this is one of my favourite films of the year, the year that it came out, which I'm saying is 2011. It may have been 10, actually. I think it's earlier, yeah. I think it was might have been 10, too. I may, definitely may had a beard. Let's not speculate on the year it was released. No. Um, so, yeah, in, in preparation for Kick-Ass 2, coming out uh, later this month, um, so that's uh, Channel 4, 10pm on Saturday the 3rd. Uh, following that, Monday the 5th on Film 4, at 11.40 p.m. is uh, Super. Uh, and this one very nearly made it onto our superhero league table um, until we worked a out that... A technicality. which I discovered on, you know, meant that it, it couldn't go on because it wasn't a comic book to begin with. Um, that being said, I really want to see this, and I haven't had a chance to see it up until this point. So that's why... Super is in my sofa cinema this week. I can give it thumbs up just from my side. Yeah? Yes, definitely. I'm, I, I do really want to see it. Apparently it is pretty violent. So, um, yeah, that's why it's on so late, I guess. And after that, Tuesday the 6th, um, that, this is also on Film 4, at 9pm is Red with uh, Bruce Willis, John Malkovich, Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren. Retired and extremely dangerous. Yes, and that's before uh, Red 2 comes out. Uh, that would be tomorrow, wouldn't it? Yep. Would be, yeah. Um, also, some uh, aside from that, just to break out the theme a little bit, uh, it is worth mentioning that on Film 4 at the moment, this week and onwards, there's a whole Studio Ghibli season. And that kind of runs throughout the day, um, during the day. Uh, So if there's any particular Studio Ghibli ones you want to see that you haven't been able to see, now's a good chance. And another honourable mention, uh, Sunday the 4th, there's a Power Rangers movie double Oh, brilliant. Uh, If you you want some nostalgia from back in the 90s, I think I saw the Power Rangers movie three times when I was eight years old. Fantastic. One of them, I was the only person in the cinema. All the series are on love (laughs) film, and I'm just making my way through them. They're doing their 20th anniversary box set soon. (laughs) We're we're actually talking about it, are we? We, Wow, we've we've gone into... No, I'm I'm more surprised that I've lived long enough to see something that I was genuinely into originally become retro. That's made me feel so old. Sucks. I don't think I can talk about Power Rangers. (laughs) Let's move on from that. Let's move on. We've had enough of that. So uh, suggested from Drew, kick-ass... Super and Red all this week's Sofa Cinemas. Coming up in the next part of May Contain Spoilers, we're going to give you reviews of The Wolverine. We'll take a look at the news from Comic-Con, which Drew's going to bring us. He wasn't there, but uh, by saying that, it yeah, makes it sound insider. a bit like that. Yeah, so I had someone on the inside. All of that's coming up in the next part of the show. don't know what he's done Kids don't know what's wrong with mum She can't say May contain spoilers. Hot Radio. The 
Soup Dragons on May Contain Spoilers. All our music tonight is taken from the soundtrack to The World's End. So we have Primal Screen loaded earlier on and the Inspiral Carpets. This is how it feels. And we have another song taken from uh, the soundtrack to finish the show. But before we get to that final song, we've got reviews still to come of The Wolverine and also news from Comic-Con that Drew will be bringing us live from his holiday that wasn't at Comic-Con. <laughs> but he does, have in- he does have access to the internet and uh, he's not afraid to I was out. somewhere very far away from San Diego, constantly on the internet, keeping up with everything, as if I was there. He came back pastier than, than what he went away as, yeah. so... Well done, we appreciate it, Drew. So all of that's still coming in uh, May Contain Spoilers. In fact, let's move on to our next review now, which is uh, for The Wolverine, which is the return of Hugh Jackman as said Wolverine. And I'm a little bit confused by the whole sort of timeline with these films. There seems to be about 100 X-Men films. Well, I'll clarify that right now. Okay. Is it going to be long? That's what I will say. Okay, go on then, go for it. So you had X-Men 1, 2 and 3. Yep. This comes after 3. Right. There was a previous Wolverine movie, Origins, right. which technically comes before X-Men 1. Right. So in the timeline, you had X-Men Origins Wolverine, 1, 2, 3, then you got this one. You had First Class, which kind of takes place in the 60s, somewhere in there. There's a new one going to be coming out that's that's taking place after and in between as well. That but was... you don't need to worry about that because we're just talking about Wolverine. So it's after X-Men 3. That's all you need to know. I generally just go by the basis that X-Men 3 doesn't count. Okay. So that 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 all made sense. It does when until... it comes to this movie. but Yeah. That all made sense until you said you don't need to worry about X-Men First Class and the other one because they're kind of somewhere else. But I suppose they're, what, separate worlds or like, like, a, like an alternate universe? Sort X-Men, uh, I, don't, I don't, for me, as, as a fan of the series... It was set in the, the 60s, series, yeah, that's right. what I can tell you. So. As, as a fan of the series, I don't count X-Men Origins as anything like resembling anything else in the series. X-Men 3, I, I, didn't, I didn't really enjoy and messed about with it, but I guess for continuity's sake, it does still count. X-Men First Class is the beginning of all of this series. Right. So what I was worried about happening has essentially just happened in that I am none the wiser and basically X Men First Class takes part. Ignore X Men Origins, but let's pretend that never happened. I want to pretend none of this happened. Brush it under a rug. X Men First Class is is one half of the X Men sandwich. Right. Right. So that's one end of the bread. Then X Men One, Two, and Three is like the pastrami, ham, and chicken. And then X-Men Days of Future Past, which is out next year, is it's the other end of the bread. And right. the Wolverine is the cheese. X-Men the Sandwich Years from Drew <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's I've just, just likened on. films to food. Let's yeah. move My on. My life is complete. We'll move on, enough. though. So. Okay. so The Wolverine, uh, directed by James Mangold, and the story is summoned to Japan by an old acquaintance. Wolverine becomes embroiled in a conflict that forces him to confront his own demons. Who are you? Me? I'm Yukio. And? I've been trying to find you for over a year. Why? To give you that. My employer wanted you to have it. Who's your employer? Master Yashida. He said it belongs to you and that he's paying all debts. Master Yashida is dying. He wants to say thank you for saving his life all those years ago. He knows that you are busy man, but he very much wants to say his goodbye in person. Alright, where is he? Tokyo. 
I'm not going to Japan. It would be dishonorable for you to refuse this request. Well, apologize to Mr. Yashin. I'm not going to Tokyo. Right? I've got things to do. Do not apologize. It's been an honor just to meet the Wolverine. It's not who I am anymore, you understand? Interesting. Why did you go into the bar if not to seek justice? I don't know. You don't know? No. I think you know. Pull over. You are a soldier. No, not pull over. You are a soldier. Pull over now. You're a soldier, and you seek what all soldiers do. And what's that? An honorable death. An end to your pain. Who says I'm in pain? A man who has nightmares. Every night of his life is in pain. So the Wolverine stars Hugh Jackman, Tao Okamoto, and Rila Fukushima. And it's directed by James Mangold. JP, uh, I think it's generally accepted that X-Men Origins is fairly bad. I remember it being incredibly tedious. Is the Wolverine better, and is it good? It certainly is, yeah. I mean, uh, we'd, we'd spoke... I, I mentioned um, a little bit about the opening in... how Well, how I felt about the opening of uh, World's, uh, uh, World's End, and I think that this has like a really strong opening even from his you know sometimes you just get a film and it's it's very first shot you just think like right I'm straight into this and it's 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 uh it's set in um uh his past in Japan uh during the uh Nagasaki uh atomic bomb and it's this really like gripping opening sequence and from then on it um it's it's about uh Logan his as his real name is uh, being kind of re- not not necessarily recruited, but hunt uh, sort of seeked out by this character to come back to Japan to say goodbye to the old man, the, the now old man who he saved during the the Nagasaki atomic bomb, and um, it's 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 a really interesting film as well. I mean, obviously, a lot of the comic book fans will know this as of as one of the most famous Wolverine comic book storylines of when he goes to Japan. I think it was a, f- a very it's a very famous Frank Miller storyline, okay. and I I I really appreciated the kind of the almost the existence of uh, this movie in the way that the style is done because it's done in a very different way than you would imagine just a normal generic uh, comic book movie w- uh, would be. And I, I appreciate that quite a lot because it's it's very rare that you'll get something quite different that then can possibly set a different tone for you know different types of comic book movies to come out. I like so movies that you know set a different trend, and it's it's got it's a very kind of down to earth and moody piece, and it's all about how he wants to um, well how this man is is trying to convince him to give up his immortality powers because he because he essentially lives um, possibly forever mm. it's kind of becoming a curse because everyone he loves dies so he's so he's kind of tormented and it's this kind of existential existential type of movie so he's a, a dark character which is kind of what makes him uh, appealing to people and different yeah. from a lot of other uh, superheroes why is this adaptation so much better than uh, than X-Men Origins? And I, I know that Darren Aronofsky was originally attached to this and there was a lot of excitement about it. Yeah. Uh, Jay's Mangold, probably not as big a name, not as exciting to see uh, above the door sort of thing. Um, 
what what is it that he brings to it? Is it the fact that it's set in Japan, which sets it out and, and makes it slightly more interesting than the generic sort of? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it is quite an interesting just change of scenery, I guess. But it's it's more it's more the mood and the tone of the film, which is different. It's just it it just doesn't feel like a typical generic uh, blockbuster movie. It's got like this. Um, this existential set, uh, setting to it. I mean, there are some action sequence in it, uh, sequences in it um, that are quite uh, memorable. I mean, the the big one that everyone's talking about is the bullet train, which I agree is probably one of the really the the, the best um, one in the movie and one of the best or one of the more interesting action set pieces of the uh, past couple of um, comic book movies. You know, there's no whole cities being destroyed it's just, and there's there's no score during it it's this quite tense action sequence and i think that this movie just what it has going for it is just it does feel quite so different and it i mean maybe the one thing that um and i think the director has talked about this that maybe that they could have gone a bit further with the violence even because mm. it's it's quite it's got some darker moments in it you know with with violence and i think they're planning on doing it like a director's cut for the dvd to put some of that violence put the back, blood in. back in because yeah. wolverine is the guy that can who is uh can be sliced known. and yeah, diced yeah he's quite happy to, to put his his claws through people so let's uh let's give the wolverine scores out of five or you can give the wolverine a score out of five uh what are you going to give uh james Mangold's i'm going to give it a, a solid four yeah i think okay. it's 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 definitely something different and i think it's all the better for that i mean we talked we mentioned there um darren aronofsky and maybe if he'd stayed on done it you know totally um if if he went all in and made it quite so stylized like if he did it in black and white or something or if he mm. did it you know fully r-rated and and very stylized it, that maybe that would have been even more interesting but i think what they've done compared to especially x-men origins wolverine and a lot of the other m- maybe more generic star blockbusters this is definitely one of the more interesting ones and a lot of people haven't necessarily found that like i've seen two star reviews for this from critics and people thinking it's just that it hasn't got enough action it seems they haven't really understood the tone of it and, no and it I, seems to have taken quite a lot of money so yeah, i think no, in that think, respect it's been been successful i think the fans have definitely well i mean obviously yeah. the comic book fans are going to like this storyline because it's one of the most popular Wolverine storylines but mm. just as a film as because obviously I don't know the story it's definitely it's it's more interesting tonally and and spiritually I guess okay. so four stars from me four stars from JP for the Wolverine if you've seen it let us know what you thought of it and there is a, a mid credit sequence I should say okay that, that, just to confuse you more that does go it's, that it's quite a meaty scene actually that sets up the days of future past stuff so i know you'll enjoy that when, oh, you, yes. see, when you see it drew so uh, don't forget there is if you haven't seen it already there is a mid sequence mid credit yeah. if you before, have seen before it, the main crawl of the credits you get okay quite a meaty scene so uh, if you have seen it tell us what you thought of it uh, you can get in touch by uh, well tracking us down in these various uh, selections of ways get in touch with the team now tweet us at film spoilers or email us on make contain spoilers at hot1028.com and in case you're wondering where the superhero league table the justice league is where we rank all of our favorite uh, well all of the comic book films from 
good to bad. Uh, we normally do it. We had it out recently for Iron Man and, and various other films. We're waiting until next week because Drew's going to see the Wolverine this week and then he can throw his hat into the ring. Because it's a bit difficult to just have JP in charge of uh, choosing where the Wolverine goes because there's no, there's no checks and balances mm. and we have to think about these things. So do It not might end up alongside the Hulk in the heroes. Mm. Do not yeah. fret. The, uh, the Superhero League table will be back next week and you can see pictures of uh, where we are currently with it on the Facebook page. Make Drew essentially just picks where they go anyway, I feel. Yes. I, so. I, 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 I like to think I give everyone a fair chance. It's to, a democracy it's and a democracy. We, we throw it out there and say that if you're not happy with where, anywhere... Uh, on the board that a film goes you can always tell us and give us a reason why you think it should be moved and we will take it under consideration and if we agree with it and we have done in the past we will make alterations based on that so at Film Spoilers is a place to do that or you can email spoilers at hot1028.com if you want to make a fully reasoned argument now uh, Comic Con was uh, over the last couple of weeks very important for people like Drew and for the film world in general now because comic books are so important Probably the only the only thing we got time to talk about, and the biggest news, which you yeah. can't help but have uh, have heard about, was the announcement of Batman versus Superman, or Superman, Superman versus, versus Batman, Batman, Man of Steel two. They haven't really announced any kind of title for They've it. They just bought up the name names for the, yeah. for those websites. But okay. I found what I found quite interesting is that um, for the panel, uh, one of the actors from Man of Steel came out and he started reading a bit from um, The Dark Knight Returns, which is Frank Miller's um, comic book that kind of changed everything in the Batman universe. It was brilliant, made everything dark and gritty. Um, and I found it you... funny that people kind of didn't really get that at the start until yeah. they announced the big symbol of the Batman symbol. Yeah. Of the Although you have to, me- you probably do have to mention this, that it, yes, yeah, so he, um, he read out uh, uh, a clip or a, a, apart from that comic book, but they did mention that they're not actually using that to adapt. They're not adapting no, that. It was more just, just to inspiration, be a yeah. reference to announce it. But and, um, uh, I just wanted to mention one thing quickly because I know this is probably never going to happen. But I mean, there there's still hope in my mind that maybe they'll get Christian Bale back. Absolutely not. I know no, they're, no, they they're totally never going to. No, they totally, just, totally, totally they, won't. I know they totally won't. In fact, it would be terrible if they did. If they did that, I would I would probably have a problem <laughs> with it. It's, if they did bring Christian Bale back, I think it would be the worst move for them to do. It's just that everyone's been... It seems that all of the, the, the internet, uh, the, the, the movie websites have been saying, you know, Christian Bale won't return, but it's just, it's kind of odd because when they put his quotes down, in none of his quotes does he actually say he's not going to do it. There's, there's none of his quotes that specifically I think say that. I don't think it's odd he at just, all. I think it's a really great chance for them to not have him be Batman anymore and not have Batman be move terrible. It on. He's not yeah. going to do another three yeah. films, so they might yeah. as well move it on. It's just so. if, exactly. if they did, I mean, I, I had, uh, I mean, if people want to go and find my <laughs> YouTube video on my Facebook or something, I had a theory about how they could do it if, if, uh, if they did bring him back and how they could tie it into Dark Knight Rises but people can find that no one wants to see uh, I the Dark Knight de- Rises I, yeah. spoiled by uh, I definitely no. think it would be better if they um, completely reintroduced Batman because this is a good way for them to redo the character and not have to retell all of his origins reintroduce him see all of his history all over again and they can make it work by having him be like an entirely new kind of Batman They what they're going to have to do is make him a more 
powerful character and power down Superman a bit because like the problem my theory uh, well my theory the the thing about this is that I think they've done this because they know that that Man of Steel underperformed at the box office and that's why they're doing it this is going to be a Batman movie featuring Man of Steel I think Um, and the reason that they're doing that is because they do want to expand their universe and everything like that but essentially watching two indestructible people fight for 20 minutes is not interesting no and to be honest (laughs) I think that uh, they will have to completely reintroduce all of it so we will have to wait and see that'll be something that could be running alongside all the rumours about Star Wars at least it'd be something slightly different absolutely JP what's out on uh, DVD and Blu-ray next week Blu-ray we've got Placed Beyond the Pines uh, Danny Boyle's Trance we've got a re-release of uh, Jungle Book 1 and 2 Good good Vibrations and uh, for your TV fans there's uh, Boardwalk Empire Season 3. Uh, in cinemas, we have The Conjuring, Red 2, um, Only Only God Forgives, and there's previews of um, Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa, and Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters from next Wednesday. So because we won't get a chance to see Alpha Papa or Sea of Monsters, if we we're ever going to see that, no. uh, next week's show will be reviews of Only God Forgives. Hopefully Drew will get to see the Wolverine as well and he yep. can bring in the Superhero League table and we can add the Wolverine to that. I'll get my colouring pens out. Yep, so if you uh, if you do see Only God Forgives over the next seven days or so, or anything that you see at the cinema and you feel like you have to tell us, we want to hear about it. So you can tweet at Film Spoilers or email spoilers at hot1028.com. Throughout the week we put interesting stuff on our Facebook page. If you type May Contain Spoilers into Facebook, you can find us there. And we also got a podcast, so you can listen to anything you've missed on this show or any of our previous shows. We're just approaching our 100th episode, which will be next week. You can go back and listen to a whole selection of them by just typing May Contain Spoilers uh, podcast into a search engine or going to iTunes and doing the same. But until next week, when we will return for our 100th episode for a review of God Only God Forgives. Until then, it's goodbye from me. It is goodbye from me. And we'll always have the disabled. It's my tool Give me something that I missed Give me the name A hand to hold